What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome back to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Liz. And I'm so tired I can literally fall asleep right now. Woo! We're episode 124 with our good friend, uh, Sam. From uh, the games of the great games is literature. I told you I'm tired, and we're gonna be talking about if Christianity can fit well in narratives. And uh, before we get started, we got some segments for you. Yes, we do. I am I am exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. I I literally uh just got home from work about ten minutes ago, and we're Less just starting. Less than ten minutes ago. Less than ten minutes ago. So. Uh yeah, I'm I'm just powering through. I just chugged a V8 energy. Go V8 energy. It's uh super good. And uh yeah, so how yeah. you doing? I'm great. I decorated our house for Christmas. I'm a little sleepy from it, but um definitely not as sleepy as you. Yeah, no, I'm 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 awake. I'm super I'm good. Good. I'm good. So you get Chinese food when you're done, that's your reward. Well, I get Thai food when I'm done. Whatever. So let's just get started. Uh, we got some business in the way. We're on social media at Gaming Groceries. Uh, we're on Twitter at Gaming Groceries. Uh, we're on uh, there, and we can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. You can follow us on Instagram, Games Groceries, all one word, where I can share little uh, questions about uh, the podcast. I will share them on Instagram, Twitter, also Facebook. I will send uh, little behind-the-scenes photos on uh, Instagram, you know, some memes and just some, you know, little junkets here and there. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Uh, great. Yeah. Uh, we're on a website, gamesandgroceries.com, where you can listen to all the podcasts from the website, as well as you can fit, uh, find out where you can listen to the audio versions of the podcast, as well as some articles I've written in the past. <laughs> and if you're uh, so inclined, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, hi, how you doing? You're doing good? Mm -mm, yummy. <laughs> uh, you should click that subscribe button and a notification bell so that you know when all these podcasts come out, as well as our weekly coffee games where we uh, discuss uh, little controversies in the gaming industry. So uh, check that out. And if, if you're on YouTube, you know, definitely click that subscribe. If you want to hear us babble on some more, we're on uh, What's the Biz podcast. Uh, that's a fun little podcast. And don't forget to leave us a review over on Podchaser. So with all that out of the way, let's just get the show started. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I agree. Cool. Let's go into our first segment. Oh, my golly. First segment. Movie Minutes. Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about the movies that we watched in the past week, whether it be on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, or in theaters. Eh, sort of. Not, not yet. And we like to give you a recommendation or not a recommendation. Uh, here on the Games of Groceries podcast, we like to give you a five-point system here. Uh, it starts at avoid at all costs, pass, enjoyable, solid, and perfect for us. So this week's movie minutes uh, can be found over on Netflix. It's a sci-fi film. Mm -hmm. uh, it was made in 2018, and uh, it's called Prospect. Wow. Uh, so again, it's a sci-fi movie. Uh, and Lizzie, I'm interested to hear your opening thoughts. Why are you interested in hearing my opening thoughts? My opening thoughts, go! Okay. Um, so I wasn't sure about this. I definitely wasn't what I expected. Mm -hmm. Like when I read the description and saw the trailer, it wasn't the story I thought we were getting. Mm -hmm. um, so it was interesting. It was decent. Like I was kind of lost not law. I wouldn't say lost. Yeah. I just didn't quite understand everything that was going on for most of the movie. Well, that's my first note is that this movie starts at the destination point. Yeah. There is no exposition. There is no, 
uh, day 32 on the space shuttle. Mm -hmm. uh, me and my father, like, there's no exposition uh, and there's no flashbacks. It just launches you. <laughs> uh, it just puts you right in the destination point. Launches because sci-fi. Uh, puts you at the destination point. They're on a space station, mm -hmm. right? Amongst other um, little pods that are going to different planets. Yeah. And they get to their particular planet, this uh, father and daughter. And uh, they're, 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 they're there. And uh, you don't get to feel the flashbacks, but you get to feel the relationship. You mm -hmm. understand... You understand everything just from their dialogue yeah. and their body language, uh, how their relationship is, where they're coming from, why they're there. Mm -hmm. And they're not saying in a very exposition way where it's like, come on, honey, we need to get this. Remember when we were here? It felt natural. Yeah. yeah. Like a natural uh, sound. And I think that's why he got lost is because you really have to pay attention to what they were talking about. But the, the thing was, you're you're jumping into like i don't know five years yeah and it's not that i wasn't paying attention i was it was that i was misunderstanding mm -hmm. like when they landed i thought that was an accident yeah because it said it felt like they were crashing they and were they, that's what i mean so like i didn't think that they landed where they were supposed they to. weren't but and that's why i'm so confused no it's just i i don't want to spoil it I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it was so confusing because after that, they were acting like they were supposed to be there. And then I got lost because they were acting so much like that. They weren't at the right location of the planet. See, that I didn't catch that. Like, I didn't yeah. understand that. I think it's just because I'm more well-versed in these types of movies. Maybe. And, like, that that's the thing. You have to read this movie as if it's... You know, a sci-fi movie with zero expo uh, exposition, mm -hmm. zero flashbacks, zero like hand holding, just kind of mm -hmm. saying like, oh, we're, you have to. And this is my second note. Each relationship and each dialogue is defined by the body tension, um, how their eyes look. It, it's very much in uh, body language mm -hmm. and the way they're portraying their dialogue, mm -hmm. you know, um, and they even have their own language. You understand that there's subcultures within this yeah. uh, sort of unit. Uh, so you really have to pay attention to what's going on outside of the dialogue as well yeah. as within the dialogue. Yeah. So it's not that I don't want to say it's convoluted in any sort of way. It's just that, you know, this is a movie that you, you have to pay attention. It's not a movie that you put on in the background yeah. while you're vacuuming. Yeah. That goes to, uh, I don't know, she's the man probably. Hey, T tell me I'm wrong. I can only do that because I've seen it a thousand <laughs> times. Um, and uh, here's the thing. Uh, it's a story about trying to make it and, uh, you know, be prosperous. It's about prospecting, you mm -hmm. know, uh, in a new planet. Yeah. It's about making it. But what's the price you have to pay for that? Yeah. Right. So it's a very human story in a in, in a setting of an outer galactic kind of way. Mm -hmm. And it's, it tells the tension of. What happens to you if you try to make it and not really care about other people's problems? Yeah. So uh, I really appreciate it for what it was trying to do. But the, my last note is that you really need to deep dive to understand. It. It's one of those uh, movies that you have to go to YouTube and say, this movie explained. Yeah. The prospect explained. Yeah. It's one of those movies. Uh, but if you really pay attention, you get to understand the themes 
But I do enjoy sci-fi movies. Mm-hmm. Liz, you don't really gravitate towards these kind of movies. Yeah, I find them interesting when I watch them with you, but they're not what I go to. It's not something that I'm like, yeah, let's watch it. So with that in mind, I gravitated to where you're kind of interested. You were yeah. a little lost. I was well-versed in it. This brings us to our final uh, ranking, and we both gave it. Yeah, we both, both gave it. Wait, wait. Uh, One, no, two, no, three. That. Enjoy. Hey, enjoyable. (laughs) Why'd you give it enjoyable? Um, I give it an enjoyable because the story itself was good. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I was very confused for most of the movie. Like I didn't understand what was lying and what was the truth. I didn't, I didn't really understand what was going on or why they were doing what they were doing. Um, so that's why I gave enjoyable like good good story that I that I enjoyed. Just I was lost with a lot of other things. Yeah, I also gave it an enjoyable, not a solid. Uh, solid is just that. Wow, that was a great movie. You know, it's not perfect. You know, it's close to there. Enjoyable is just right there where, like what you said, mm-hmm. you enjoyed your time with it. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I think it does have its issues. I did. I think it has its problems in terms of also pacing and Mm -hmm. uh introducing characters uh but overall i had a good time with this movie i enjoy these kinds of movies this wasn't the perfect one Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say this defines my movie taste but it's pretty close to there uh and i wouldn't even say it's solid i i know i'm going all over the place with this but uh all in all i enjoyed my time with it i liked it i would watch it again it's only an hour and a half Mm -hmm. i i would definitely watch this again but yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we both gave it enjoyable. Yeah. So again, the movie is called Prospect. You can find it on Netflix. It was made in 2018. Uh, I I liked it. If you enjoy sci-fi films, if you enjoy a good story about human beings trying to make it, uh, yeah, go for it. Check mm-hmm. it out. So, uh, I think it's time to talk about some video game news. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's just jump into our second segment. The top three gaming news is the gaming news that we saw in the past week, and we'd like to rank it three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of what's going on in the gaming industry. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We don't really have that great gaming news, because Next Gen just came out this yeah, week. Yeah, no, so everyone like, was a little preoccupied. Uh, yeah, it's like, there was a bunch of like guides of uh, where to buy the PS5, how to find it, where where can yeah. you get the Series X. Can, yeah, can and the series... just reviews of the console. Yeah, please don't put, put vape smoke inside your Xbox Series X. That was a thing. Uh, but, Already. But I do have some gaming news. And the first one, number three gaming news, is about xCloud. And something interesting came out about xCloud is that uh, xCloud is being used to develop games. Mm-hmm. So this story comes from uh, Bloomberg. I don't have the original article linked below because I noticed that when I put Bloomberg articles, there's a limit of how many free articles you put in. So uh, I put in a different article for that. So, uh, but during the pandemic, a lot of offices had to shut down, mm-hmm. they had to close, you had to work from home. Problem is, your high-end PCs, your your actual work computers are, where are they? At work. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so they're at work. And so people couldn't access those high-end uh, computers more, even more so. It was a lot harder to see your coworkers' progress in a game. Mm-hmm. So where do you stand in that way? Well, according to the Bloomberg article, 
uh, 60 different studios are actually using xCloud to access high-end PCs through an old Xbox from their home. And not only that, but access their high-end PCs, but also check in on their coworkers' progress. Cool. So, so I want to read this quote from the article that's linked down below. And also includes Activision Blizzard in this. Uh, saying Microsoft repurposed xCloud to allow developers to access their high-end computers in their office from the confines of their home. The repurposed xCloud tool can display high resolutions and produce audio in surround sound, according to Bloomberg. And nearly 60 studios are using it to work on new games that they test and th that they work on. Uh, Xbox is, of course, using xCloud to do this. Uh, but Activision Blizzard is... As well, the report notes it's also being used to fix hardware bugs by Xbox. So that's really cool is that yeah. uh, you're confined to your home, you're working from home, but now you get access to this hype NPCs, you get to mm -hmm. check in on your coworkers, Activision's using it to fix bugs from home. Yeah. It's really cool. It is. It's awesome because, like, imagine how much would be delayed if they couldn't do this. Yeah, like, like imagine how hard it was for them before they found like figured out they can do this. Yeah. And I, and I know we already have Halo Infinite delayed, but it's probably not indefinitely. Well, it is indefinitely delayed. Uh, you know what I mean? But there's a lot of this uh, saying that some games came out because of this xCloud. Exactly. Like, so, like we were expecting a lot more. Delays, delays and a lot bigger delays after this year mm -hmm. when really there weren't that many. Yeah. Um, there were some that were supposed to come out in the spring, mm -hmm. um, but really like it wasn't as bad as it could be. And this is most likely the reason why, like yeah. this is probably going to open so many doors. I mean, we've been talking about the pandemic of how it's helped companies realize what they can do from home yeah. and that they don't need to pay for office space as much anymore. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is going to even show that for the gaming industry too, of like how much they can do from home. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is uh, this is really incredible. And it uh, looks like cloud gaming is also the future for game development. So mm -hmm. uh, really cool stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. But now on to our number two gaming news, which is also pretty crazy news about the United States is that, uh, apparently, the Nintendo Switch has been the highest-selling console in the United States for 23 months straight. How did we miss that? 23 months. And in fact, this year has a lot to do with that. But not just oh, this. Oh, yeah, I can assume so. Yeah, not just this year, but 20, almost two years in a row. That's crazy. Well, we participated in that. We then. did. Go us. But yeah, so the reports came out saying that Nintendo Switch has been the highest-selling console, and, uh, this year in particular, that they've sold 136% more than the previous year. Wow. Uh, and I want to read this quote right here. Uh, this is coming from Nick Chavez, who is the uh, Nintendo of America Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing, uh, to which he has to say, Chavez puts the company's big October down to two main factors. One is better supply of stock this year in particular. It's often been hard to find a Switch on store shelves. That's true. Mm -hmm. This has been exacerbated. Exasperated. Exasper <laughs> I want to say exacerbated. this. Exacerbated. Exacerbated. I want to say that right for many reasons. Uh, by <laughs> increased demand due to a combination of the pandemic and the breakout success of Animal Crossing New Horizons, mm -hmm. which you're stuck on again. I restarted it. 
Certainly, the COVID pandemic has created more opportunities to stay at home, play uh, more playtime at home, he tells The Verge. Uh, we've seen unprecedented demand for Nintendo Switch throughout the course of the year. Mm -hmm. So he puts it into two factors, better supply, the duh, better supply and more demand. Mm -hmm. Supply and demand. What's the United, uh, what's the United States made of? Uh, you guessed it, everybody. Capitalism. Yay. <laughs> supply and demand. Uh, so basically that's it. Yeah. We're built on yeah. supply and demand. They have better supply and more demand. That's how, it, that's how they did it. Boom. So it makes sense when he put it that way. Yeah. And uh, when he says that there's more time to play at home, here's the thing that I read from that article. Like, oh, people have more time. Well, why didn't they buy an Xbox or PlayStation then? Which they did. Yeah. They have bought those. Oh, yeah. They have purchased those. Uh, but I think in my this is anecdotal. OK. Mm -hmm. When I say this, I think it's just because and I wrote this in my notes. I think it's mostly because people went to Nintendo Switch. It's because people grew up with the older Nintendo systems and mm -hmm. it becomes comfort food. Comfort food and it's games you know. And as I've always said is that Nintendo tends to have more games that are family friendly. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. you're buying it because that's going to have games that you are that you are okay with your kids playing. I think in the article it does state that most of the sales have gone to uh, women and families. Yeah. So it does point that out. But yeah, I, I, I think it, it does have a lot to do with that mm -hmm. with families. You're stuck yeah. at home with your family. It's more comfort food. I think there's a lot of anecdotal things we can do. But the numbers state right there that higher demand because yeah. of the pandemic and higher supply. Mm -hmm. And there's 136% more than the previous mm -hmm. year. Uh, that's sh that didn't shock me if they said highest selling this year, but said past 23 months. Yeah. That was shocking yeah, to me. Yeah, so even like last year before all this happened, there were still more people buying that. Mhm. Mm Which is crazy to me, but that one I, that one surprised me. It's still not too surprising. I will always go on the more family friendly because you can buy a Switch and play it mm -hmm. for family game night. Yeah. You know, where you it's harder to do that with a um, Xbox or PlayStation, mm -hmm. whereas it, this is whereas Switch is like made for multiplayer. It's made for families. Yeah. So and it has, like I said, more family friendly games. So true. That's just my opinion, but I, it doesn't surprise me that more people go towards a Switch. Yeah. Rather than Xbox or PlayStation. So really cool news. Yeah. I think it's interesting, but uh, yeah, if you have a Switch and you live in the USA. Uh, mm -hmm. look at you you contributed to the numbers so did we so don't be ashamed uh but let's just move on to our number one gaming news this is all about ea and fifa mm -hmm. wow i've been playing fifa 19 to finish up the journey story uh which i will be having a new coffee games on but uh look out for that on thursday so ea is giving fifa players the ability to limit time and how much food points they've made off FIFA Ultimate Team points that they purchase. Uh, this is very smart from them uh, for reasons I will say in just a bit. Uh, but recent reports and lawsuits against EA uh, with these recent reports, uh, EA really needed a path to get away from all these lawsuits and reports saying that, oh, you're scummy and you're actually greedy and also a unlicensed gambling association. <laughs> wow. So they needed a way out of this. So I want to read this uh, quote from the article also, link down below, uh, which says, 
If, no, don't rename the article. Thank you. Uh, the in-game tool will tell you amount of time you've spent in FIFA 21. Cool. Mm-hmm. As well as how much you've spent in terms of FIFA points, but not in terms of re- real-world money. I'll explain that in a little bit. Uh, you'll also be able to uh, choose how many matches you can play, the amount of FIFA points you can buy, and the number of FIFA Ultimate Team packs you can open with foot coins uh, purchased in with FIFA points. There are no limits of uh, foot packs open by rewards. What they're mm. saying is that uh, you, you don't have a limit. If you get food packs from an actual in-game reward, yeah. there's no limit. But yeah. if you bought it with real money, there you go. Yeah. Now, the reason why you won't be able to see real-world money is because FIFA goes through Microsoft, PlayStation, PC. Uh, it goes through a third-party system, so they don't really see those reports. They can only give yeah. you how much you've spent in FIFA points, Yeah. which then you can just do the math from there. Yeah. Uh, it's just that the, it's a third-party system. They don't have access to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, why this is smart, and I was telling you about this. Yes. So you have the 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 ability to limit yourself. Yeah. You have the ability. You have the ability to say what you've purchased. It's your fault why you you got into this mess. Yes. This is the ultimate genius way yeah to be pro consumer like hey yeah. listen we'll be as transparent as you want you can set your limits and look look how much power we give you and goes right back to the lawsuit and saying oh no 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 because we gave you the power to limit yourself not even giving them the power but giving parents the power yeah it says uh parents as well as the, yeah. the players but yeah it's meant for parent parental controls yeah so the parent can say how much is being taken out of their mm-hmm. bank account yeah for their kids playing limit how long their kids are playing so it's back to you yeah. for the blame if your kids get addicted to gambling on fifa it's your it's fault. Your fault as a parent. It's genius. I'm sorry. It's genius. It it's it, absolutely it is, genius. It is smart and it's a good defense. Evil genius. How funny would it be if this was like their lawyer's idea? Mm-hmm. It probably like, was. You know what you guys should do? Make it their fault. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. This is probably a lawyer's idea. Uh because I think it's a think it's a win-win for FIFA because or or EA because it puts them back into the light of Wow, uh, power to the players. That's GameStop. Uh, but power to the players. Mm-hmm. But also, haha, you can't sue us because we gave you control, mm-hmm. sucker. Um, either way, I think this is a good move by EA, in part to the player, because mm-hmm. it gives you transparency of how much you've spent, and you can keep track of that. I think that is a good idea. I think it's a good idea to limit yourself, but human beings are very prone to not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is a good call, but I think it's very interesting. That's why I put it in number one. Yeah. Because this is like the ultimate U-turn. Yeah. To be like, mm, screw you, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Any any other thoughts? Not, I mean, there's not much to say about it. It's like, it's kind of smart for them to do. Yeah. And I mean, still thinking as, you know, if I were a parent, it is still nice. Like, even though it ends up putting the blame on mm-hmm. the consumer, yeah, it still would be nice because they do get to control if their kid takes money yeah. out of their account, mm-hmm. you know, and they do get to control how long their kids play this game. And a lot of parents 
do have specific screen time set. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's even though it is like a, like, court play for them yeah it's still also a good business idea exactly i i think this is a win for the players too mm-hmm. um but yeah i just think it's like it is it's hilarious it's hilarious but uh but what do you think uh let's hear your thoughts and comments down below with all three of these uh gaming news um first off xbox using xcloud for developers is this the future for game development uh what do you think about it uh second one nintendo switch is the highest selling in the u.s did you buy switch in the u.s uh what do you think about this supply and demand do you think that was the cause uh write your thoughts in the comments down below and fifa uh (laughs) giving you the giving you the power to control yourself uh, what do you think about that? Is this more of a win for the players or more of a win for EA? Write your thoughts in the comments down below. So mm-hmm. uh, now that we got that all out of the way, uh, it's time to bring on a good guest. A good guest. Great guest. Great guest. No, that's Andrew Horsey. Oh. Yeah, he got mauled by a mountain lion, so he's not coming back on the show. What? Yeah, no, he t- totally did. Uh, Games is Literature is a YouTube channel over on the YouTube platform uh, mm. where he likes to discuss game narratives almost as a literature professor. He is known as the game professor, also known as uh, Sam. Uh, <laughs> let's just bring him on. Let's talk about faith in games. Can it fit well in narratives? Let's just hear his thoughts with our final segment. everybody we are back with the boy the man the myth the legend sam from games as literature you're here <laughs> yeah i am how you doing man you doing all right yeah well you know all, all things considered i suppose uh had a covid scare at work but that was a negative <sighs> test so you know could, could be worse <laughs> i know i i hate those uh we had a couple of those oh i, I work at a restaurant right now so mm-hmm. a couple of those Ooh. but they all came back negative yeah. and i'm just like ah oh, this is this is bad we don't want this yeah. we've only had one at my job and i'm assuming it came back negative yeah you can i never assume. was told what the result was but Jeez. the guy came back to oh. work so i'm assuming it was negative <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> but it is what it is but yeah Sam, we're yeah. we're glad you uh made time for the show. I'm I'm glad you're doing relatively all right. Uh we were talking a little bit about yeah, last week and how um Yeah. It's a little bit of a weird time. Yeah. But we're glad you're here though. Yeah. But yeah, thanks for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Hey, no problem, man. And um I definitely wanted to have you on because I wanted to hear your perspectives mm-hmm. on this particular subject. Uh, not only are we going to be talking about game narratives, which uh, your channel is all about, you know, breaking down game narratives and seeing it almost as a literature class, mm-hmm. but also uh, Christian faith fitting into the narratives of games. And you've had your history with uh, the evangelical uh, circle. So I kind of want to just go around and just define yeah. the conversation of uh, what our personal faith journeys are, just to know for the audience how we all feel about this. Do we have any tension with it? Uh, why don't we start with our guest, uh, Sam, how's your faith journey? Is there a faith journey? Um, how's that plant doing anything else? All right. Well, uh, how long do we have? I have, <laughs> no, I'll, uh, I'll try. It's a long story, but I'll try and keep things short. Uh, let's see. So raised in the church and not in like a parents made me go to church on Sunday sort of way, but like I was all in both of my parents, uh, worked like on my church's staff at one point or another. I lived in a oh, small wow. town in, uh, the mountains of Northern California, but, I went to the biggest church there. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it was just, you know, I was very heavily involved all in. It was thankfully not one of those like uh, super weird fundamentalist upbringings. Like I knew mm. friends who weren't allowed to watch Disney movies or whatever because they had mad or that yeah. kind of nonsense. And thankfully that wasn't me, just all of the typical uh, trappings of it, you know, growing up with the tension between the old people wanting hymns and the younger people wanting you know, yep. the modern mm-hmm. contemporary stuff, uh, all the purity culture stuff once I was a teenager, stuff like that. Um, and then went to a uh, private Christian college, which is very expensive, and I don't recommend it, frankly. But um, agree. despite... We agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but despite that still being a very conservative surroundings, I was an English major, so my professors uh, were relatively... Uh, relatively not... In, in line with all the, um, you know, just kind of more conservative kind of regressive elements of it, as well mm-hmm. as some of the theology professors there, which was a nice touch. So hmm. I that's sort of where I learned to actually read the Bible instead of just, you know, understanding what uh, pastors told me it said, basically, mm-hmm. theology yeah. and her yeah. classes and stuff. And um, was sort of exposed to more more ideas, at which point I started asking some questions, which is you know, evangelicalism has a weird relationship with that. You're supposed to ask questions when you get into like your teenage years, but you're supposed to answer those questions and mm. keep believing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I understand. And that. so when I started, I think one of the, for me, really was just when I started questioning like a couple random little things and actually made a post to my uh, like church friends and stuff on Facebook, putting forth the idea that i didn't actually see biblical support for the idea that swearing is sinful because mm. like you know that that is the thing in evangelicalism it's not just like yeah you know uh don't uh say mean things to people or whatever it's that if you utter the f word that is a sin and god mm-hmm. says it's like objectively morally wrong and i was like i don't i laid out my arguments i'm like i don't know what do you guys think because i'm not just gonna you know make a decision on this yeah. it seems right kind of important. Yeah. and I got a couple responses actually engaging with the question and most responses asking me why I was trying to justify saying bad things. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, those I arguments. I think that was sort of one of those. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That was yeah. one of the times that I really, really, it sunk in that we have these like ideas about like assuming that someone's trying to justify your, mm-hmm. you have to engage with their ideas, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and admittedly that is making sure that the decisions you make for your life are motivated correctly. But mm-hmm. that assumption just really got to me. And, you know, after that point, I started being a little more liberal with my questions that I was asking mm-hmm. and the conclusions I was coming to. And, you know, over time, uh, started sort of some of the like other a little more central beliefs mm-hmm. uh, take big issue with purity culture. I think the way that uh, modern Christianity defines like biblical sexual ethics is pretty much all made up. Like when I actually looked at the Bible and what it said and all that sort of thing. And then 2016 happened. Uh, I don't know exactly how political you want to get here, but seeing the vast majority of Christian Christians just fall a hundred percent in line with Donald Trump was, mm-hmm. uh, it was essentially horrifying and confusing to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, my process of sort of slowly defining how I believed, uh, Christianity worked and what I believe, you know, God had sort of in mind for me and everyone in the world and all that stuff got sort of, uh, the whole process was interrupted rather violently. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, at at this point, I am, I do still sort of consider myself a Christian, but I hesitate to uh, engage with the label, honestly, because 
mm-hmm. kind of poisoned. Um, yeah. And at this point, I'm just sort of trying to figure out exactly where I stand on things and how I feel in the midst of a bunch of anger and pain from all of that. Uh, it's kind of messy where I am right now. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I guess I've come to be comfortable with that and with just sort of finding answers as I come to them. So mm-hmm. that's the short version. Yeah, no, I I completely relate to that. In mm-hmm. fact, I, I just made a, a video about one year after I left my youth ministry job mm-hmm. and I even talked about cursing in that. Like, yeah. I don't really think that cursing makes you a sinner, but the way you use cursing, like yeah. to like make yourself more bitter I yeah. think that's just guarding your heart and that's just right. more of a spiritual thing. But yeah, no, uh, you know, piggybacking off of that, you know, my faith journey, I again, keeping it short, uh, became a Christian at 17 out of, you know, being a strong atheist, you know, went to a biblical college mm. and uh, became a youth pastor for uh, eight years where we talk about this off camera where, and if you watch the podcast, you know, my story, yeah. uh, I, I, questioned in terms of how are we teaching our kids? Mm -hmm. Because I relate a lot to your story in saying that a lot of my teenagers had questions and I wanted them to find answers on their own. I wanted them to say, in fact, I always said in my, in my sermons or my lessons, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. My, my, my reps. (laughs) Your what? (laughs) My reps. (laughs) No. Anyways. uh, What up kids? Bad Adam. Okay. Uh, But I even told them like at the end of it saying like, Hey, if you see something up here and you know I'm wrong biblically, mm-hmm. come up to me, approach me, use the Bible, yeah. you use it to your weapon to say that I'm wrong. Uh, no kid ever did that because they were scared <laughs> of saying <laughs> no to a pastor. But um, yeah, I wanted them to to do that. And I never wanted them to call me Pastor Adam. Mm-hmm. And the church hated oh my gosh, that. They hated that. They hated oh, that. Sure. They wanted me to have authority over them and uh, all this nonsense. I was like, listen, I'm just a garbage human being searching for God. <laughs> and I don't want them to think that my level is, you know, at sainthood. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. later I, you know, because of an ultimatum that they gave to me, pretty much saying that um, either do what we say without question or you can leave. And I said, okay, I'll leave. Mm-hmm. And so I left and I'm kind of where you are. I don't like to associate myself with the Christian realm only because like what you said, it's just become so toxic. When you say that I'm a Christian, even some of our listeners on this, on this podcast, when they found out me and Liz are Christian and we, when we started this podcast, I was still in youth ministry. They're like, Mm -hmm. but you, you're friends with homosexuals. I'm like, yeah, sure am. Sure am. Because (laughs) I don't care. Um, but yeah, that that's where I stand really. It's just kind of I left my church job. I was very bitter for a year and mm-hmm. now I'm coming to a term where, you know, I'm relying on God, but I'm not I'm not evangelical. I don't know how to make sense of it. I'm kind of like where you are. It's just like I don't know where I am. Yeah. In terms of that boat, but I still have faith in God. Yeah. Um Liz, where do you stand? So, for me, I was raised in the Meth- in the United Methodist Church. Well, Shut up. I loved my church. Shut up. Yeah, okay. Um, but I grew up in a, in a United Methodist church, but I wasn't really, ra- I wouldn't consider me raised in a Christian household. Yeah. Um, my parents believed, but they only came to church with us on Christmas and Easter. Um, 
so they believed enough to send us, but not enough to come themselves. Mm-hmm. They usually send us because it's my great, my great grandmother wanted. Um, and then as I got older, I got stronger in my faith. After I went to Quaker school, I learned more about the Bible just with it. Probably in the eighth grade, they started teaching us mostly about Quakerism, but in general about believing and having mm-hmm. faith. Um, and then high school, I met a man who was a new Christian. I wanted to be a pastor. Yeah. So you encouraged me <laughs> to grow more in my faith and learn more. Um, that led to going to Bible college. Um, we all went to Bible college. Woo-hoo! It was such a waste of time. <laughs> High fives all yeah, around, everybody. everybody. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> should have gone. Well, should have gone to college. But if I had gone to college, should have gone to community college. Anyway, yeah. um, went to Bible college, learned a lot, even though I didn't never will ever know as much as other people who we went to school with. Mm-hmm. But I definitely learned a lot going to Bible college, um, even though they didn't want me to learn the things. They didn't want me to say I was learning things because I wasn't learning what they wanted me to learn. True. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I learned a lot and then married a youth pastor and being in the church and being told how to live by church, even though I was not paid by the church. Yeah. Um, I never really took that out on the church, like be on my faith, though, or Mm -hmm. on God like that never made me stray away. I just thought you're horrible people. Yeah. Um, that's really all I thought of them as people. Not, I don't know. I, I don't know anyway, but yeah, so now I'm just kind of at a point after being in Bible college and being in like working for churches. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more kind of stepped back in my faith where it's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Cause I don't really have church right now because we don't have time to go to church. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm mostly like, I, I believe I'm here. Go Jesus. Um, (laughs) I do my prayers, but still working on the relationship aspect. Yeah. It just sounds like all around the room here, uh, including TV, Sam, uh, (laughs) is that we've all been damaged by the church and we're still just kind of searching. Um, and we're in a place of just awkwardness right now. So, uh, Kind of a longer part of that segment, but I wanted to define that before we yeah. s- step into this conversation. Before people say Give like, context. Yeah, "Yeah, giving context, we're not perfect Christians, we're not theologians, yeah. we're um, not people who, we're not like what I would call like crazy Christian. Like we're not living, we're not living in Christian bubbles." Yeah, uh, go to the Reform Gamers podcast if you want to do that. So, <laughs> let's go over to our uh, main segment here. So I want to yeah. switch back to video games here because this is a video game podcast. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so let's get the conversation rolling here. What do we all think about when we hear the, uh, the question, hey, aren't there any Christian video games you can play? Uh, and and what, do we, what do we think about that? Um, <laughs> yeah, Sam's already <laughs> got some answers. Um, have you ever oh, heard yeah. that? Uh, and what is your reaction yeah. when you hear that question? Oh boy, okay, I've <laughs> got a whole that lot. I get the impression. <laughs> yeah. um, there's so much, and uh, I know that a lot of it, come, you know, is is the subject of questions that you have planned anyway. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, the initial, the, the pragmatic response, I suppose, in terms of just a straight answer to the question is uh, not really. And when they are, they're not good. But <laughs> true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that's not very that's not an unfamiliar answer since like it's only recently that uh you know Christian movies started happening with any degree of like production values. I'd argue mm-hmm. most of them are still not good. 
Um, yeah. I'd, I'd recommend watching God's Not Dead only with a good deal of alcohol and some <laughs> friends to laugh at, uh, to laugh Fair. at with. But, um, you know, at least it like looks like it was made with professional movie equipment yeah. or something, you know, like a decade ago, that was barely a thing. Um, video games, though, just haven't really gotten there. Um, mm. I can only think of a few like explicitly Christian video games. There are some like uh, Adventures in Odyssey point and click adventure games mm -hmm. uh, that are like a bunch of little like mini games. They're fine. Uh, there yeah. was a Dance Dance Revolution uh, type game oh, made yeah. with a dance pad and everything, except yeah. obviously I did not know this. Yeah, totally yeah, was. it uh, it exists. The problem is that Chris Tomlin is not all that fun to play Dance Dance Revolution well, to. Yeah. Turns out, like, well, because Christians aren't supposed to be dancing. Yeah, no, we're the frozen right, chosen, yes, exactly. so yeah. it's just be frozen. As long as you do one player, you know, so that there's <laughs> oh, not like two yeah. people involved. True. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah. uh the only, like, the most prominent Christian game I can think of is the Left Behind RTS games, which mm. uh, <laughs> yeah. I want to do a video on those on my channel, honestly. <laughs> they tried to solve the problem of, like, violence in video games by giving non-lethal options, but that uh. essentially turns into if you can make your enemies accept Christ, then you don't kill them, which does not come across the way they were trying to. It's not good. That's awful. Um, that sounds terrible. Yeah, no, uh, Convert or Die is not really the message <laughs> we want to be sending out, I don't think. Uh, it sounds more well, Crusader I mean, you know, than These days, honestly, who knows, maybe so. But yeah, um, but yeah uh, th that's sort of the pragmatic answer, not really. The more detailed answer, from my perspective, is that Christian values can be found in a lot of good stories, and oh, yeah. you're severely limiting yourself by limiting the... Um, the, the media and art that you consume only to things that explicitly talk about Jesus. And I think yeah. that is extremely reductive and harmful. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I very much agree with that is that mm -hmm. what the first thing I, I think about when I hear that question is what do you mean by Christian game? Right. Yeah. It, it, do you, like what you said, there's a um, left behind game. There's this, there's, there's a weird dance dance revolution where the, uh, the dance pad is so large that you can put the Holy spirit right between the two players. Um, <laughs> like there, there's, there's the, uh, no questions asked kind of Christian, which again, I made a video on like, what do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. Do you not want to expand your mind? Do you, do you not want to think about it? That's that blatantly Christian or is yeah. it kind of like Halo, where mm -hmm. Halo definitely has Christian themes weaved into yeah. the story? Uh, you know, the prophets and, of course, Master Chief being after John 117, John 117, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's there's Christian themes weaved into it. Mm -hmm. But I always like to think about what do you mean? And if you yeah. mean a blatant yeah. Christian game, uh, you don't know video games? Yeah. And <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. 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 When I hear that... First, I always um, I always remember when I told my friends that you were in a Christian rock band when we first met. Oh, Christian Metalcore, yeah. Yeah, they're like, what? Yeah. They're like, no, what does it go? Like, yeah, Jesus! <laughs> and like, it was funny. So I first imagined like that type of situation where like that's what they're imagining when they say Christian video game is mm -hmm. like something that's very Christian. Like it's like those leap into learning type games, but Christian and you uh, just yeah. click it and it tells you about Moses and all this stuff. And, <laughs> but then I, re and because the only thing I know that like you told me was that Halo is Christian. I'm just like, 
but there are things like that. And mm-hmm. that kind of goes off what Sam said with the like morals mm-hmm. of Christianity in video games. And you have to think like movies do it all the time. Yeah. Narnia. Yeah. When I watched that for the first time, I didn't know it was Christian. Yeah. Like I didn't, I mean, I could, I got the feeling in one scene, but other than that, they're not just like outright Christian. Right. But they have a lot of like, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Metaphors mm-hmm. in it. And you can't, mm-hmm explicitly tell yeah that it's christian without yeah. actually knowing stuff mm-hmm. so that's what i think when i think like when someone asks like what's a christian video game kind of like you it's like i know what they're asking for yeah but i have other options to give them mm. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah uh yeah I, and i think that they want the answer of blatantly christian yeah almost like they want their kid yeah. learning about the bible stories while playing a video game it's like an educational game it's exactly. not fun for anyone I think yeah. like what you said, what's that? Oh, just that I, I think that there's a lot of like kind of uh, bad assumptions about not just video games, but art in general, in, yeah. like mixed into yeah. that, both that you need to find like that video games are sort of inherently this bad, wasteful thing, unless mm-hmm. you put Jesus in it, then it's True. good. Like it's, yeah. it's yes. a fundamental misunderstanding of games, but then also like I'm, especially as I've grown older, I've grown more and more uncomfortable with the idea that kids especially, but Mm. really any of us should only ever be uh, exposed to things that are explicitly about our, our worldview and beliefs, like not even just they reflect our values, but explicitly are affirming the things that we already believe. Mm. Like, I I, I don't think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. My biggest complaint about like children's shows these days is that they're all educational. Mm. A child has to constantly be learning how to read, how to write, how to tell time. And, like every every kid show is about learning instead of imagination. Like they don't teach imagination anymore. Mm-hmm. And most of the shows when we were growing up were around I- imagination. Yeah. And I just think that's insane. And that's what these people are asking for from video games. Like you can play a video game or a C- or like a computer game if you're learning something yes and it's okay to not be learning something sometimes like Mm -hmm. brain needs a break (laughs) true yeah Yeah. and i and i definitely appreciate games that you really have to deep dive into in fact uh one Mm -hmm. one of the videos that you've made that i very much appreciate was the theology of dishonored which was Mm -hmm. a fantastic read on dishonored and a fantastic read in theology Yeah, I mean, I, I could tell that you had a lot of fun making it. You could put a lot of research behind it, uh, which brings me to, like, my next question, my next point. And, Sam, I really want you to take the lead on here. Don't feel bad. If you're – a lot of our guests, when they talk a lot, yeah. they're just like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Why Why do you think I brought it We want? don't want to talk. Exactly. No one wants to hear us. Less work for me. <laughs> All right. I'll just talk over you as much as I can. <laughs> and I want to want to give you the lead here, and I would love to hear your perspectives on this. Uh, can Christian themes be weaved into stories of games naturally, or do you think it's always forced in? And I, and I loved what you said about Dishonored, that it was definitely weaved in there and it felt natural, but what are your personal thoughts on that? Can they fit naturally? Are they mostly uh, forced in? What do you think? As a general rule, Mm -hmm. uh, this goes for, uh, religion, any, any, I mean, you know, Christianity specifically or any religion, uh, politics, anything it's like we're talking about art here art can talk about whatever the hell it wants like sorry can i swear uh just don't use the (laughs) f-bomb you got you got one strike here sam but the minor ones (laughs) (laughs) good to know yeah go for Um, it man yeah ever since i decided it wasn't a sin you know just 
<laughs> I uh, love how you said I decided. It's not a sin. <laughs> sorry, right. I uh, de- determined through study, like, you know what I mean. <laughs> I got you, man. Yeah, you're uh, good. But yeah, yeah. Um, the like art can talk about whatever it wants, and I absolutely believe that yeah. it can do it well. You can make stories explicitly about a thing and do it well, or you can just weave themes in. So the the question here, I think, is how we're defining Christian themes because, mm-hmm. um, like if, if you break them down like to their base components, Christian themes are things like uh, uh, forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, making right what you've done wrong, uh, yeah. grace, things like that, mm-hmm. and those I would argue don't. You know, like they're in video games. They're all over yeah. video yeah. games, uh, and only becoming more common as the indie scene is sort of like expanding what video games do beyond like, you know, mostly shooter or shooters or action games or whatever. Like mm. as the medium expands, our ability to tell more stories expands, and these themes get woven in more and more often. Um, so on that basic level, I'd say that yeah, it's it's very easy to put Christian themes into a video game and put them all over the place and have them be valuable for christians and non-christians alike because these are just good values mm-hmm. yeah. um oh sorry my cat started scratching oh, no. at my apples be good <laughs> all right um that was a sentence <laughs> <laughs> yeah apple is a very good cat but she uh, uh okay. wait wait I'll is your cat her. name is your cat's name apples yeah you have a cat named she's, uh, apples she's right here oh she's very old but she's also perfect Mm. And she wants her food over here, so I'm. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's certainly the case in terms of Christian, like explicit, you know, like a game about Jesus or whatever. You could absolutely do that the same way you could movies. Like, uh, one of my all-time favorite movies is The Prince of Egypt. Oh because it's yeah. Just absolutely beautifully animated. The music's incredible. Like the, they do such a good job with that film, and that's you know. I guess you could say it's either Christian or Jewish, you know, like the, the story would apply mm-hmm. to both, but true, yeah. it, it's definitely a very religious story. And, you know, that's just part of what it does. And mm. that works just fine. You could absolutely do a game about that. We haven't much. And when we do, it tends to be very, um, like, I don't know if you've heard of El Shaddai Ascension of the Metatron. <laughs> it is, uh, hmm. I don't, it's like I a weird fighter brawler game. That's based on one of the, um, um, Oh, is it the Book of Enoch? Like one of the non-canonical books of the Bible. Oh, okay. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. It is, you know, very oh, explicitly about that sort of thing. I remember it's hearing also, that story. Yeah. Yeah. It's also completely bonkers. Like it's, yeah. it's it's nonsense. You don't go into that learning theology or anything. It's just silly fun, which, you know, I think is perfectly fine. And, mm-hmm. you know, you yeah. you can do that. So yeah, like I I don't think it's always forced necessarily. That's more a question of good writing, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Like if true because the same problem exists in a lot of christian media like i brought up god's not dead a little bit ago when you watch that you're essentially in for uh some loose and very not great story threads if i'm being honest Mm -hmm. true uh sort of tied together with people deciding to like give little lectures about who god is or whatever and the further back you go in christian movies the worse that gets like uh yeah the, like those um why am i forgetting who the brothers are called that make those but like a fireproof and, oh. um, um um and uh oh goodness gracious i, I keep wanting to say russo brothers but... yes yeah. kendrick kendrick brothers kendrick brothers Woo! yes that's yes. exactly it mm. one of their first movies that got big was uh facing the giants which was pretty yes. much yeah. what if remember the titans had a mini lecture about god in every single <laughs> <season>. <laughs> yes and like yes. that's the thing you can make a movie about faith and christianity and 
that's just fine. You can do it well, but yeah. you gotta, you know, not be stilted and forced and weird about it is all. Yeah. True. Um, so I think it's possible. I, I, I don't think we've seen many games try it in a like explicitly Christian sort of way, if only because we haven't had a lot of games fit into the genres that tend to do that. But mm -hmm. um, I, I certainly don't think it's impossible. I also don't think it's super necessary because I can think of a lot of games that reflect Christian values without being explicitly about Jesus rising from the grave or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that. And like you said, it all comes down to good writing. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I love what C.S. Lewis wrote in Mere Christianity, which I know I keep referencing. It's one of Anytime my favorite Anytime we're books. talking about Christian and video, like faith in video yeah. games, you always bring up C.S. Lewis. Always. Uh, but more specifically, Mere Christianity. But yeah. where he says yeah. that when he, when he wants Christian art, what are you trying to say? And it's almost mm -hmm. like you need good writers, people who are passionate about writing. And he says that you can't have a, a cardinal from from I was going to say the Pope's office. <laughs> like it's just an office huh? building. Um, and, you know, cardinals from the office building of the Pope. The Vatican. Yeah, one of those. Um, <laughs> and you can't have one of those just writing books for you. You know, yeah. you have to have passionate writers who also know theology. Uh, and I think it all comes down to that really good writing. Yeah. That it fits naturally into the story, mm -hmm. and that's why I always applause the original trilogy of Halo just mm -hmm. fading naturally into what could be, you know, a, a great story about how uh, while well-meaning prophets want to keep theology mm -hmm. up there, it's actually damaging uh, Earth. It's da actually damaging others around them. Yeah. Um, right. And I love that about Halo. Yeah. Of course. I love and we're noting too that those prophets were not exactly well-meaning. Like yeah, it gets a lot of the corruption of, uh, of like a, if not organized religion as a whole, though probably that, but at the very least, yeah. like the power structures involved and stuff, such which it sounds like you experience too, you know, exactly. in, in your setting. But mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By how how dare I question an elder? And it's like, what? <laughs> like, dog, you're a human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When Christianity becomes about control, lots and lots of things go wrong. Yes. Exactly, so. man. Um, yeah, Liz, what do you think? Can it fit naturally? Have you experienced bad Christian movies before. What do you think about that? The way I think about it is, well, I think it can fit naturally, like you said, with good writing and mm -hmm. good, not even good writing, but just a good structure. Like mm -hmm. if you want to go in and writing a Christian movie, like you have to have it not be like, not to bring up my book that is completely frozen. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to write a book and every time I'm writing something, I'm like, this is way too preachy and it's not staying in. Like I can't, yeah. I can't handle it. Cause to me, when you're writing a Christian movie, first you have to think, am I writing this for Christians or am I writing this to teach people? Yeah. Okay. Because if you're writing it for Christians, that's what the Kendrick brothers do. Like their movies yeah. mm -hmm. are preaching clearly, to the choir. Yeah. They're mm -hmm. not for non-believers. Yeah. They're just yeah. for Christians to have like cleaner movies to watch that they're okay with their kids watching for the families that like really limit what their kids can access. You just reminded me of, um, there was one time on Facebook where when God's not dead first came out in theaters, mm -hmm. there was uh, a former student of the college we went to. And he came out on Facebook saying, oh, I'm, I come out of the closet. I'm finally meaning that I am, I am gay. And one person wrote on that saying, listen, you need to go to the theaters and watch God's Not Dead. And then you will see why you're disappointing God. I was like, ah! Like, I was like, yeah. 
That's what that. I have an atheist friend who married a uh, a a girl from a Christian family, and his mother in law made him go see that in theaters. Yeah, I'm like, that's not gonna do. And that's just gonna piss him off. Like, it's not gonna. It's not the Bible. It's a movie. If you watch, say, Goodnight Kevin, he's always saying how those movies are always making atheists like the worst people in the world. Yeah, and they're not like atheists are just people. They can be nice. Mm-hmm. People with good morals, they just don't believe in God. Yeah. I mean, um, they'll never be good as apples, the cats. They'll never be good as that. Apples but, is the best just it, being in existence, but, you know. Exactly, you know? But, uh, but you were saying. Yeah, so, and that's what the Kendrick brothers are for. They're for Christians specifically. I'm, I mean, there might be atheists or non-believers who watch that movie and maybe enjoy it. Wouldn't mm-hmm. understand why they enjoy it. But they can, but it's specifically, it's more for Christians just to have clean options in movies. Exactly. But yeah. if you're going to make a Christian-themed movie mm. that you want everyone to watch, it has to weave in naturally, and it can't be preachy, because if you want other people to read it, if you want to try and reach non-believers with your video game or movie or book or whatever... Mm-hmm then you have to make it less preachy and it has to have good writing. Like you don't have a choice. It has to flow or it's not going to work. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a thing that I think even a lot of Christian writers understand. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, not a lot of the ones that have gotten popular, but what can you do about that? Yeah. Like very true. I went to a, uh, like a Christian uh, media creation, like conference or whatever. When I was like in college, yeah. um, it was put on by Lilinus, like one of the big uh, Christian like screenplay yeah. uh, publishing mm-hmm. companies. Mm-hmm. And there were people there who had written for Adventures and Odyssey and stuff talking about how, like, you don't, like, you're not going to accomplish anything by writing a 10-minute story about an atheist who somehow just decides to accept Christ at the end or whatever. Like, you gotta stay focused, you gotta keep it believable, and Mm -hmm. the fact is that a well-written story will be about what it's about. If you need to have Mm -hmm. a character turn to the screen and say, you should accept Jesus because blood, then like you're doing something wrong. That's that's not how it should go. And just, yeah, I don't know. That's advice like in and out of any kind of religious or messaging Mm -hmm. writing questions, but it's, yeah. No. And there is one other thing too, honestly, that I, because I want to, we're, we're talking about how to like address topics of faith. And I want to yeah. clarify for one that Go for it. If we're, since we're talking about sort of faith on a bigger level, I think that a lot of this can apply to like other beliefs too, but a lot of it doesn't uh, like sure. we're all talking about Christianity because that's our uh, uh, realm, you know, right. But if uh, the, the fact is that being in like our society where Christianity is sort of the norm most other religions have completely different problems with how they're portrayed in terms of, you know, like you're not going to see very many stories out here in America about someone struggling with their Muslim faith, because generally, Mm -hmm. you know, we're just sort of moving off of portraying every Muslim character as a terrorist or something, which was not Mm -hmm. cool and still isn't. And we shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But just, yeah, I guess I I wanted to get that caveat out there because we're obviously talking about this from a very specific uh, angle on faith. No, but also true. that by expanding that out, I think that some of the games that talk about faith in the most interesting ways have nothing to do with Christianity at all. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned mentioned my video on Dishonored. I think that yeah. was really interesting. Nothing about Dishonored mentions, yeah. you know, Jesus. I don't think Christianity exists in the world of Dishonored, you know, but it does that. And I think uh, probably the most interesting examination of faith I've seen in the game was in Dragon Age Inquisition. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if either of you have played that. 
I played a bit of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the character you play in there has like, uh, basically some weird big event ha- happened, and when they woke up, they had a mark that a lot of people interpreted as a mark given to your character by their god. And depending on the character you created, it's entirely possible that you could be another person who believes that. You could be mm-hmm. from another culture that has a completely different pantheon. You could, mm-hmm. you know, like there are all sorts of options. And over the course of the game, people are saying, hey, do you believe this too? That, like, are you the Herald of Andrasse? And you can like, you can decide whether you want to play into it, whether mm-hmm. your character believes it or doesn't. Like mm-hmm. there's this constant lack of assuredness as to whether or not this is real and a constant pressure to decide for yourself what you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really interesting Nothing, and for once, like most of these games confirm it or whatever, Inquisition doesn't really. Like, yeah. you could or could not be by the end of it. This god mm-hmm. could or could not be real, and you're not entirely certain. And I think mm-hmm. that incorporating that degree of like faith and uncertainty was really interesting. But again, game has nothing to do with any real world religion. It's just sure. talking about the concept of faith in a way that I think really resonates. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I think that's cool. But I also have played, I mean, you know, like, I think that it's important also to note that Christianity being sort of the dominant religious view of the culture that most games are made in mm-hmm. uh, doesn't always have to be tackled seriously. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. when I play Bayonetta, I'm not sitting here thinking, like, that's not what angels are like. It's not <laughs> God I believe in or whatever, you know, like, I'm... Yeah. It's complete nonsense, but it it could be harmful to do something like that when you're yeah. like stereotyping a religion that has, mm. that's like currently being oppressed or stereotyped mm. in harmful ways. Christianity isn't really that like no one's getting hurt because you shot an angel in the face in Bayonetta. Like that's yeah. just not really a thing. And I mm-hmm. think that it's important to note how Christianity can be used well and talked about, but also not to get like, not to say that it has to be necessarily. Cause yeah. I know a lot of people who get really, uh, uptight at the idea of christianity being treated with anything other than the utmost respect and accuracy in movies and stuff True. And I, uh, yeah i don't know that doesn't fly for me yeah i think that's why we decided not to make this a christian video game podcast is yeah. because there's so many mm-hmm. things that you can get wrong within it yeah there were just christians talking about video games yeah anything else but uh since yeah. we reached the halfway point I want to bring it back to the listeners. I want to I want to hear some listener feedback. Okay. Uh, so I asked you on social media, whether it be on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and I asked you guys, can Christian slash faith themes fit naturally in game narratives? So I have three, and I want us all to just react to this. And uh, first one I want to get from is from Twitter. Wh- wh- who do you think said this one? Uh, you got it. At Commander Nikki. Woohoo! It's Nikki, everybody. <laughs> Uh, Nikki says, sure, sure it can. Uh, especially if it's not too on the nose. Like if you go full, oh, my faith in the Christian God, it might push players away who aren't Christians or religious. Mm -hmm. But if you really go into themes, love, compassion, forgiveness, charity, acceptance, which we talked about before, Mm -hmm. that could surely work. She then goes on to say, interesting, uh, interesting thing to point out that Christians and the church are often shown as the enemy or at least in a bad light. Sometimes it's just crazy fanatics leaning to be cultists. Let's be real. Neither side wants those. So what she's saying is that sometimes it can be seen as uh, yeah. almost like the Outlast series, where the Outlast series is very cultist, kind of uh, creepy, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So, yeah, she just says that, like, as long as you're not on the nose about it. 
Yeah. Totally. So basically what we've been saying, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's fine if you incorporate it properly. Exactly. Uh, right. Sam, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I pretty much agree. I think that it can be uh, more explicit and still work all right. The main thing is just that it's still in service of the story, not in service of trying to tell the viewers that they should believe in anything. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. of like probably my favorite fictional Christian character, uh, Michael Carpenter from the Dresden Files series. These are books, not video games, but yeah. like it's it's this like urban fantasy series. And this guy is a warrior of the cross. He's got like power from God and his faith is a big part of his character, but it's not a Christian series. This is just part of what defines this person. Mm. And they talk about it rather mm-hmm. explicitly. And this character is, you know, very, very openly Christian, but it's not, it's all in service to what the story and the characters are trying to do. And mm-hmm. that's, yeah, I, I agree that that's sort of like yeah. the point, I guess, mm-hmm. that it's in service of that instead of trying to make a, it, a, a an obtuse point, I guess. I think it goes back to Chekhov's gun, where if you're going to make somebody a Christian, how are you going to use that? Mm-hmm. You know, is it just to be a Christian, just to be on the nose, or are you using that Christian faith? to actually, you know, project something forward in the story. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I think that's what Kate Marsh did in Life is Strange, yeah. right? Where they, they yeah. defined her as Christian, and it was, again, Chekhov's gun, where the family was guilting her for even being yeah. associated with drugs, and that's what, yeah. what led her to the roof. I, I think that was a perfect way mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. Um, so then I we, do want to say that I think... Um, oh, sorry, just as a super quick side note. Go for it, man. Um, yeah. It can also work as not necessarily being super involved in it if only because like if i were to switch that around and say the same thing about like a gay character i don't believe that at all like i think that Mm. if a character that a character can be you know whatever race whatever gender whatever orientation whatever just as a part of who they are and that you don't need to justify their existence in the game to make it a good decision having them there Mm -hmm. and so i'd say the same thing about christianity that if there's a character who is a christian and that's just kind of part of who they are and doesn't get explored further that's fine too yeah fair enough i just don't like you know games that clearly are existing just to try and make you believe this thing (laughs) that yeah yeah i i think that's a fair point um so on facebook we have joel who's also known as volt supreme who designed the theme song for this podcast wow uh so he has to say Yes, every time a game utilizes a theme as simple as good and evil, it is using Christian worldview. If pushed to consistency, there could be no good or evil in atheistic or secular worldview of chaos, chance, matter, and motion. Uh, no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but pitiless, uh, yeah, pitless indifference, says Dawkins. Uh, let me read that one again. Uh, there can be no good or evil in an atheistic, secular worldview of chaos, chance, matter, or no motion. Uh, the quote says, no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but pitless indifference, says Dawkins. Uh, every, everyone understands good and evil, uh, but not everyone has a worldview that can. And I forgot to screenshot the rest of the quote. Uh, sorry. But uh, I think what uh, Joel is trying to say is that if you're using it as simple as good and evil, it's a Christian worldview. But if you're an atheist and you don't really believe in another driving force of good and evil, mm-hmm. and how can that be other than a Christian theme? Mm-hmm. I'm a little indifferent to that answer because there's good and evil in, in, a, in a number of different religions. Mm-hmm. I mean, even I would I, I wouldn't say Confucianism. 
um, has a, a sign of good and evil, right? Uh, or like what you were saying, uh, the Muslim faith of good and evil. I mean, even if you're uh, an Eagles fan and you see a Cowboys fan, one is clearly <laughs> a good and evil situation. Cool. Anyways, uh, Sam, as, as someone who defines narratives, the good and evil side, what do you think about that? Yeah, I um, I I'm kind of with you in that I hesitate a little bit, if only because um, that I guess that answer goes a little bit too close to uh, the common refrain from like far right Christian pundits of like if you're not a Christian, then you have no reason to believe that anything is wrong or bad to do. Sure. Um, and I don't think that's what the answer is trying to say, but I f- I feel like it can play into that a little bit, and the yeah. fact that the uh, I mean atheists and christians alike tend to agree that richard dawkins kind of sucks yeah i i i feel like i i feel like i'm not necessarily surprised that his argument for atheism somehow play for atheism somehow plays into that argument for Mm -hmm. christianity as well um but yeah i i agree that the the whole good versus evil struggle in video games is definitely usually informed by a uh a sort of religious or at least spiritual idea mm. of it. And just that in general, I think it's good to be aware of the fact that since Christianity is a very dominant uh, force mm-hmm. in religion and culture, that there are going to be a lot of ideas from uh, from Christianity that make their way into these stories, even without being intentional. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, part of looking at stories and figuring out what they're saying is learning to recognize those sorts of things, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that we don't, notice mm-hmm. because we're used to it even if it is definitely there you know yeah. Mm-hmm. um so yeah it's I, I i hesitate a little bit with the framing but i i uh i i think that there's something to that answer yeah <laughs> yeah no i agree that there i hesitated towards the answer only because i don't know i i studied other religions but again at the same time there's a lot of you know, Christological lessons to be learned from good and evil. And I think that it does come from a Christian worldview of that. And I think I'm only hesitant only because I was, I, I feel like, again, defining the mm-hmm. conversation between the room, I think I was just so damaged by Christians just reaching for any sort of Christian theme and anything mm-hmm. like, oh, Star Wars yeah. is Christian. And they're just <laughs> reaching for this. And I'm like, ah. I think that's why I'm hesitant, mm-hmm. but I also think that Joel is right, also because Volt Supreme is such an awesome human being. That, so <laughs> there's that. Um, yeah, Liz, what are your thoughts? Um, well, I had a hard time understanding what he was talking about. It just goes way over my head. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, but as far as like the good and evil, I kind of agree with Sam where it's like every... Oh, a lot of religions have that theme of good and evil. What's good? What's evil? What's, you know, even atheists have morals. And I mm-hmm. talked about that earlier. It's like just because they're not Christian or they don't have any faith system yeah. doesn't mean they don't have morals or an idea of what's good and what's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, So there it is. I don't really <laughs> understand what Joel said. No, yeah, it's a, it went a little too far into philosophy for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the last the last uh, quote that I have here is just a little uh, a, a little tag into a game that we've said about this on the podcast. But uh, this is from Nick DiPaolo, who is the game designer behind the upcoming game 
Adam's Ascending. Yeah. Saying, in Adam's Ascending, Adam, the main character, is looking for his quote-unquote father who can make him whole again. Mm-hmm. So Nick DiPaolo is actually designing a game by himself yeah. uh, from the ground up, and he wrote the story. He's doing all the all, all, all of the graphical work. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and he's just defining this as this will be a Christian themed game. And yeah, so uh, I think his argument is that saying like, yeah, me, I, I do that. Yeah. yeah. And but I, I have to agree because hearing, you know, stuff about his game and even just that main like plot mm-hmm. of Adam's looking for his father to become whole again. Yeah. It. Yes. As a Christian, I can see that is clearly mm-hmm. Christian. But thinking of someone who isn't Christian Mm-hmm. Some Christian, some non-believers aren't even familiar with the basic thing of Adam and Eve. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So they don't even realize that relation with the name. Yeah. So I think that's a great example of Adam's Ascending because mm-hmm. it'll still reach everyone. It's not explicitly Christian. There's a whole other different journey there. It's not like the game is about the Garden of Eden. Yeah. You know, so I think that's a great example. Yeah, totally. Um. Have you seen anything from Adam's Ascending before, or is this I haven't. No, I'm just uh, I'm looking it up now that you've uh, that you've mentioned it, and I'll definitely have to look into it. Yeah, it was on. It was featured uh, a couple years ago at E3 mm-hmm. uh, at oh. the um, kind of funny game show. Uh, it was the you know closing game, like oh, before we go, one more game. Uh, so I emailed Nick, like, hey, do you want to come on the show? And he was telling me about his theology going mm-hmm. into the game. It's it's and he's a very passionate person. Yeah. Uh, you talk to Nick and he's just it's just pure he passion. Just, yeah, he just explodes passion. <laughs> exactly. Uh so very, very excellent person. Mm-hmm. And uh kind of since we're you know nearing the end, also forgot to plug in my laptop, so it's 33 minutes until the battery. Runs out. So I had it plugged in. I know, and I unplugged it. Uh, but let's just jump right into closing thoughts here. Um, I'm jumping ahead to the closing thoughts here, but uh, I, I, I think by defining all of this, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think we can, and we're going to go around the circle. I'm not leaving you out, Sam. I'm like <laughs> I think, speaking for everybody at this table, including TV Sam, uh, but really, I, I think what we come up with is that really it can fit naturally yeah. into games, but it defines how well versed of a writer you are. Mm-hmm. And I, I think people desperately trying to find that Christian game to latch onto, to say that my Christian faith relies on this game. Mm-hmm. I think you also need to look at your own faith journey. If you're searching so hard to find something, to be mm-hmm. in that bubble of Christianity, you really need to look at yourself at saying, Am I actually Christian or am I just latching onto the bubble? Yeah. If that makes any sense, I hope it does. Yeah. But it doesn't. I can translate for you. Thank you, Lizzie. <laughs> uh, but, you know, my closing thoughts is that it does yeah. fit naturally, but are you a well versed writer? Mm-hmm. Uh, Liz, what are your thoughts? I want to give Sam the last words here. Okay. So, my thoughts, I think, as far as how well it weaves a new game, I think it, first, it ultimately depends on what your motivation is for the game. Yeah. Cause like I said with the Kendrick brothers, their games are or their movies are clearly for Christians. Yeah. And the same thing goes for games. Mm-hmm. Like, is your motivation that you want to give Christians a Christian video game to play? Mm-hmm. Or is it that you want to just have the morals that you have in your game? 
Yeah. You know, do you want to translate that or do you want to tell a story of the Bible in a more metaphorical way? Yeah. You know, so it first depends on your motivation of how well it needs to weave. Mm -hmm. And then it goes into the writing of if you want it to be more metaphorical or just like have the morals, that's when it comes into your writing ability. True. Not to say that explicitly Christian games you know, you, it doesn't matter if you're a good or bad writer, <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't need to weave in. It can be just there yeah. and open about it. Kind of like Adam's Ascending will be. I don't, well, I don't think his, his is like open and be like, bam, Christian. True. His is a little bit more weaved in. It's not, it's not, his game will be playable for non-Christians. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Go, um, go Adam's Ascending. Yes. yes. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like his game, it'll be more weaved in. It's a mm -hmm. story of a Christian, but it's not explicitly like that. And mm. it'll be playable by other by non-Christians. True. Um, yeah. and to kind of translate what you were saying, it was it's <laughs> I think it's it's more of um we the as far as what we believe, we don't believe in the Christian bubble. We believe yeah. to be able to have relationships with people, other non-believers in this world, and to be in this world, mm -hmm. you have to actually experience things outside of that bubble. Mm -hmm. And um, when you're looking for a video game that is Christian, what's the reason behind that? Yeah. If, if it's to learn about Christianity, then yeah, go for something crazy Christian. True. Yeah. But if it's just to have something that you relate more to, that's something completely different. Yeah. But yeah. That's what I was saying. I know. Uh, That's why I'm here. <laughs> Sam, uh, what are your closing thoughts? What do you think? Uh, last thoughts here. Uh, I guess, I mean, the short version is that it is kind of complicated, as mm -hmm. is anything when you're trying to uh, to represent or comment on a complex real-world thing in your story. Mm. Um, I, I just feel like there are a lot of angles to tackle it from, but when it comes down to it, I think that stories that are about uh, some some of the values of Christianity are definitely a positive thing that you know we can find all over the place. I think that stories, I mean, if not many games explicitly about Christianity, mm. can like they they can be good. I think mm -hmm. we haven't seen many attempts that. Uh, would make it work and frankly i haven't seen much outside of video games that would indicate that it would turn out well when that's tried but um yeah i i, th I think if anything in terms of because we talked a lot about how these games relate to non-christians and i guess maybe i'll decide to just take a slightly different tact for this and uh say that i think that for christians there are a lot of games that say interesting things about the faith mm -hmm. but it takes a degree of both dissociation like being able to get uh, to get meaning, to bring meaning out of things that aren't mm. necessarily directly about you, which mm. is important and I think a lot of people yeah. struggle with, but um, but also to be open to criticism because I think that there are also a lot of games that, you know, we've mentioned games that criticize elements of religion or something, mm. and I think that there's a knee-jerk reaction within Christianity to see that as a, uh, like a really bad and disrespectful thing, and I think that Christianity often sort of closes itself off from criticism in the media mm. and yeah. uses that to sort of fuel more of like a, mar you know, like, oh, they hate me so much, I must be doing the right thing, and yeah, 
I feel yeah. like there's something to be found in, uh, say, uh, Blasphemous, like a, a 2D side-scrolling Souls-like uh, that yes, came out yes, a little yes. while ago. It's it's very fantasy. It's not about Christianity, but it's very much about theology of sin and punishment and about how that can go too far and be harmful. And I think that there's something that we can gain from that about our own mm -hmm. faith as long as we go in being open to criticism i suppose yeah no um, and i think that that's important as well but when it comes down to it i just christian values tend to be stuffed into a whole lot of games even if we don't notice them mm. and i think that's generally fine and if we decide eventually that someone's gonna make a lot more like explicitly christian games then i guess i uh hope that they're that they're gonna do better at it than the kendrick brothers do and focus <laughs> more on actual like christian values and not yeah. like making a game about how gay people are bad or something because that also happens a lot and it's kind of gross yeah. yeah um but yeah i don't think we'll see much of that from triple a games recently they've been uh rather allergic to actually saying anything like far cry 5 literally had like a christian cult in rural america and yeah. tried so hard to say absolutely nothing about any of those things it was mm -hmm. astonishing but I think that we'll see some more from the indie scene, and I guess I hope that it's done by people who want to tell stories informed by their Christianity instead of people mm -hmm. who want to uh, try and make the players be Christian. Yeah. And I guess we'll find out. I yeah. hope so, man. Well, well, Sam, we thank you for coming on. But before we close out the show officially, I want to I, I, I wanna roll out this. Uh, what do I have here? What's this? A red carpet? Oh, goodness gracious. <sighs> It's it's You're rolled so out strange. for Sam. Wow, You're the strangest person in the world. <laughs> Sam, uh, talk a little bit about your YouTube channel, where they can find it. Should they follow you on social media? Uh, out of a scale of you know fifty four, how good is your cat? Anything you want to talk about? What? Mostly about your channel, though. Okay. Yeah. Uh, scale of fifty four. Apple's is a uh, sixty eight. Okay. Um, okay. My other three cats fall in various places along that spectrum, but <laughs> Apple's is perfect and we can just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> the channel is called Games is Lit 101. If you search that on YouTube or even just Google, you know, you'll find it, but it's youtube.com slash games as literature if you want the URL. Um, you can follow me on Facebook, though. Honestly, I only really post my videos there. I'm not very active on Facebook specifically. Same. I am way more active on Twitter, but that is as much about games as it is uh, me uh, ranting about Christianity and politics, frankly. So, you know, that's a bit of a different experience, a much yeah. more personal one. And I'm also on Patreon, Games is Lit 101. You'll find me there. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in checking out my content, I'd say just head to the YouTube channel, see if any of the big long analysis videos are covering any games that you uh, particularly feel strongly about. I've done one on Final Fantasy VII recently that's very long, but I think it's it was pretty good. I'm proud of it. Um, oh, yeah. So uh yeah that, that'd be my recommendation if you want to check out my stuff and i will have all those links down in the description down below whether you're listening on audio or video uh definitely go check out his channel i i think it's a really good analysis of games if you if you enjoy that if you enjoy looking at the narratives of that and he has a great comment section i i think they're well versed in that so definitely go comment on his videos go like them go share it with a friend or family or enemies whichever you want <laughs> uh but sam we thank you again for coming on this show. Um, Thanks for inviting I, me. It's been fun. I yeah. mean, really, yeah, it's it's been a great discussion, man. And uh, before my battery runs out of my laptop, uh, we thank again for listening to this week's Games and Groceries episode. 
Don't forget to follow us on social media at Gaming Groceries on Twitter, Games Groceries, all one word on Instagram. And uh, we hope to find you in the next one. Uh, we'll have another guest on. And Sam, this won't be the last time you're on our show. I hope not. Right. <laughs> right on. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.